Welcome back to the podcast. I'm joined today by Kieran. He's the founder of Cycle for Good and has done a very incredible cycle tour. And I was lucky enough to have him stay with me uh, before I went off my ET cycle. So, uh, hello, Kieran. How are you doing? Hi, Josh. I'm good. Um, so I, I kind of wanted to sort of <laughs> get a chance to chat you more because obviously you came to stay with me. We had a little chat about your trip, <clears throat> and this is sort of the opportunity for you to tell the full the full story. And obviously, I haven't completely heard it so it'll be new to me as well so tell people a little bit about the trip you did uh okay um yeah well in 2018 uh me and my girlfriend we, we live in amsterdam and we wanted to do something uh which didn't involve a normal day-to-day job and we came up with the idea of taking our bicycles flying to vietnam and cycling home. Uh, yeah, I guess that was the initial plan. Uh, we thought that it would take us uh, one year. And in the end, it ended up being a, being a two-year trip with lots of, lots of adventures along the way. So it's interesting because you were sort of right at the end of the trip uh, when you came to, to see me. It was that last little leg. But what happened at the beginning? So you, you've gone from Amsterdam, you've flown to Vietnam, and then what was sort of the process to get started and what happened? So getting started, we we kind of decided a few months before, I think it was like three months before we actually left was when we decided we were going to do this. And actually, if anyone is planning on doing a, a long uh, cycle trip like that, I would recommend taking more than three months preparation because everything was a bit of a manic uh, rush. We had, to, we had to quit our jobs. We had to move out of our house. We had to get everything that we needed for, for the trip. Uh, by the time we, we'd started the trip, we did all those things, but we never really had much time to plan the trip itself. We had a, we had a rough idea of which countries that we would go through, but nothing was really set in stone and that was kind of okay actually it left a lot of room for some spontane spontaneous uh, uh things and that was kind of the one of the best things about the trip i suppose we arrived in in vietnam in september 2018 and we we just had the idea that we were going to cycle home and i think we always we always thought that we would I don't know, maybe there'd be something bigger that we would do as part of this trip, but we didn't really know what it was. And it was kind of, um, it's kind of interesting that along the, along the way, we started this, uh, we founded Cycle for Good, uh, where we, we wanted to raise money for Burmese, Burmese refugees in Thailand. Um, and we used the trip to kind of, get people uh, aware about what was happening to the refugees in these refugee camps and to get them to help us raise some cash. Okay, so, you, so you're saying you didn't sort of plan this at all. Um, I know you sort of had very limited time to prepare. And I think from what you told me, you actually said that you'd only gone out on a few weekends to actually cycle. Um, and then once you, you're out there in Vietnam, and then I guess you've cycled to Thailand, how did you sort of discover these refugee camps? And how did that go about when you decided this is some, a cause that's worth getting behind? So 10, 10 years ago, Frauke was working um, in a refugee camp in Thailand. Uh, and it was a refugee camp for Burmese refugees. So she kind of 
she that's how she knew about what was going on it's actually this there's a conflict in um in burma or myanmar as it's now called which has been going on since the end of the second world war it's actually the longest running civil war in the world and you don't really hear that much about this particular conflict uh because it's kind of old news and that's just unfortunately how how things go but um, many many people had fled burma to refugee camps in thailand just just to find a better life but the problem is is that they're they're in in thailand and there's nowhere really for them to go they're not really wanted in thailand and they actually can't go back to to myanmar because they're where where they lived before is 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 full of mines uh they're being persecuted by by the government so they're stuck in a bit of a no man's land so frauke spent about 3 months working uh in that camp and it's always been something that stuck with her so when we started this trip uh we thought we could also do something good and raise money to sort of to help them and we what we ended up doing was raising raising money for a school in one of the camps where 26 children uh can get an education and a chance for a better life so the money with money that we raise pays for their education pays for their food and pays for their accommodation okay so when when you started did you did you go and visit them during your trip on the way we tried to we so we cycled from vietnam into lao and then cambodia and then thailand so it's about 3 months into our trip before we got into thailand and we wanted to go to to the refugee camps but the government has changed a lot of rules making it quite hard for foreigners to visit the camps they they don't really want people going into the camps to see what the conditions are like because they don't want it to be posted on social media uh for anyone to see the conditions aren't great so it's quite difficult to go into the camps now so unfortunately we weren't able able to we did go to another refugee camp which was on the border of Burma um uh, and we could see the conditions there were yeah it's really basic uh and I mean the conditions aren't great but the biggest problem is is that the people who are there they they don't really have much hope they don't know what the future holds for them they kind of stuck in this no no man's land and yeah with with our cause we're just hoping that one day these people can get out of there and if they have an education uh then they have some kind of future for themselves okay so you you have this sort of wonderful purpose and i think it's really interesting you know talk about cycle touring with me i found it a lot harder to sort of push on and doing various things day to day was was greater with that with that sense of purpose so you've got this and you push on where was sort of next and have you got any sort of experiences or stories in mind or lessons that you learned from the road that you'd like to to share with people yeah i if i if i think about the trip and i mean if anyone ever asks us um you know what it was what it was like or what was the best thing that happened i mean my answer is always the same and <clears throat> it's always it's always the people that we met along the way i think 
even now I can't believe the amount of uh, kindness we encountered or the generosity that we had from from strangers. It was it was it was incredible. I think when when we when we landed in Vietnam, <clears throat> our bikes came off the plane and they were both damaged. Frauke's was was quite badly damaged. You could cycle on it, but the derailleur was um, yeah had lobbed. It was destroyed basically, and so it meant that the first day of our trip, like the next day, we had to spend looking for uh, a bicycle repairman, and uh, we found someone in yeah some somewhere close to where we were staying. And they they fixed our fixed both of our bikes. Uh, they spent about an hour doing it, and at the end, they didn't want anything in return. And <clears throat> not only that, the person that owned the bike shop, he gave us um, a whole itinerary for the next week of where where we could cycle. And it was like really amazing, you know, our first day, and we were annoyed that we it would start by doing this annoying task, you know, trying to fix the bike, but. We met some people uh, and they just helped us uh, just because they wanted to. And we had this feeling that Vietnam was like a like a really unusual place because we encountered this kind of kindness everywhere we went. But actually, every time we went to another country, the same the same thing would happen. It was amazing. I think that the one of the one of the things that I always tell people is uh, <clears throat> what happened when we went to Turkey. And in Turkey, this kind of generosity and hospitality was taken to like an extreme other level. Uh, everywhere you go, everybody wants to sit with you and to buy you tea. Um, whenever you sit down with anyone and it's anywhere close to lunchtime, for sure they're going to try and buy you lunch. And uh, I remember one day we, we uh, stopped in a small town and we were outside this tailor shop and two guys were stood outside and they invited us in for some tea and it was kind of a little bit raining so we thought, okay we'll go in for a quick tea and we sat down with them and we were having a chat for about half an hour or 45 minutes or so and it was coming close to lunchtime and they asked us if we were hungry and in turkey if somebody asks you if you're hungry and you say yes for sure, they're going to try and feed you. And sometimes, you know, it can feel a bit, um, I don't know, a bit overwhelming, or maybe you shouldn't say yes, because you shouldn't, because you know, they're going to offer you food. So we kind of politely said, no, we're okay. Um, and they kind of accepted that. And then we said our goodbyes. And we cycled for about five minutes. And we, we thought, oh, well, you know, it's around lunchtime. So maybe we could get something to eat. So we stopped in like a little uh, kebab shop. We went inside, ordered some food and sat down and started eating. The next thing we knew, one of the tailors walked into the shop and he saw us sitting there eating and he kind of pointed to his ears, uh, indicating that he heard that we were here. So I guess it's a small town. Word must have got round that we were in this place. He walked over to me and Frauke, kind of pulled pulled our ears and wagged his finger at us as if to say we've been naughty. He turned around, walked to the counter, paid for our food and then left. 
And it was just like, we had no time to do anything. And this person just, he, he just, he was disappointed that we said no to his hunger request, but he still wanted to make sure that we were fed and he paid and left. And it was, it was incredible. And we'd encountered that kind of stuff all the way through Turkey. That, that's amazing. So it's interesting, certain countries that you get extreme hospitality, but I, I know that you sort of experience it throughout with people. So what do you think makes people this hospitable? I mean, I know it's not necessarily cycle tours, it's more sort of travellers in general, but what, where do you think that comes from? Uh, I think what I've realised on this trip is that ultimately everyone likes being nice. I mean, every, everyone wants to be nice, Uh I think when you encounter someone and maybe you don't have a good experience, there's probably some reason, something going on with them that makes them act like that. But I, I think, especially when you're cycle touring, you're often going to places where, um, yeah, usually tourists don't go. Usually when you visit a country, you're going to all of the places in between, uh, Sorry, you're going to all the you're going to all this kind of major highlights of a country, but as a cycle tourist, you need to go to the places in between, and in those places, people don't normally see tourists. And I think with us, uh, not only are we uh, tourists, but we also look very strange cycling and carrying all our luggage with us. So people are excited and people are curious and they want to know what you're doing. And I think it's it's just a natural human instinct to try and to try and show people what a wonderful country you are in or uh, what wonderful people you are, and they do this often by being generous. So I find it really interesting that you talk about sort of the in betweens, and I think that's the beauty of it. It's sort of that slow travel. So what do you think is is different between you know sort of going on a holiday and you're doing all the tourist spots in between? And sorry, sorry, you're doing all the the big tourist spots, but actually when you're cycle touring, you get to see everything in, that, that people wouldn't usually go to. What sort of experiences you had that that were like that? Uh, yeah, I, th- I I guess the most extreme example was when we were in northeast uh, India, and the northeast of India is. Um, it's not. It's not really the India that you see uh, in, yeah, on on the on the travel shows or in in the in the photos because not many people go to that part of India, and the the culture in that part of India is a little bit uh, different from the rest of India, and the scenery is kind of it's incredible. There are, there are some parts of um, that part of India that I don't know. You you look like you you. You're in Lord of the Rings. You're in Middle Earth somewhere. But yeah, not many people go to that part. And there was one day we were cycling through a village. And we um, we were cycling towards like it's like a schoolyard or something. There were lots of people outside. They were having dinner outside. Uh, and they saw us. And they, they, all, they, they almost started screaming and telling us to stop cycling and to come and join them with their little feast. Uh, we got off the bikes and uh, there were about 50 people there and they wanted to have photos with us. They were giving us um, blessings. Uh, then they sat us down and they made us uh, eat. But all the time while this was happening, people were taking photos and shouting. 
and there was one person there that could speak English, and he said, he, he said, don't worry. Uh, the reason they're acting like this is because they've never seen a foreigner before, and it's like, wow, you know, to go somewhere that's so remote. Yes, yeah, it's, it's only really possible if you travel like this, and you, you kind of have this interaction with people, which for us was amazing. And I, I, I hope for them it also was as well. And it's something that we'll always remember that we, we had this kind of, um, yeah, this meeting with them. And maybe they think the same or not. I don't know. But it was very special. Well, it's interesting to think that sort of they get a story out of it as, as well as you. That sort of that, that time that, that you turned up, you know, laden with gear. So it's, it's interesting with, with stories like this and you're meeting loads of different people and traveling to some incredible places. Is there anything that sort of sticks in your mind that sort of maybe changed your thoughts about things slightly? Obviously, over two years, it must have had some, some real impact, whether that's sort of empathy for people's situations or, or something else. Yeah, I, I suppose um, it, it, does, it does make you think about how you uh, treat people yourself when you're when you're at home i mean i don't know I, we've had times when people rush out of their houses uh talk to us and they'll offer us food and they'll say tell us that we can sleep in their house for the night if if they if they want to and, I, and i'm not saying necessarily that i would start doing that but Actually, why why wouldn't I be open to do that? To do that, why wouldn't I uh, talk to a stranger outside my house in Amsterdam or even where I used to live in London, and invite strangers into your house? It's you know it's quite an alien concept, and I and I think in big cities people probably think you're some kind of psychopath if you start doing that. But I think we feel like that because that's what everyone does. That's the normal way of behaving. But this trip has taught me that actually it does no need to be like that uh this the generosity that we've received is also something that we can give as well and yeah it makes me think a lot more about how i how i treat people so it's it's, it's an interesting thing and i think it is a foreign content to a lot of people um it's a, it's a very new thing for me and it's something that i started incorporating obviously i had had you guys to stay and i get this wonderful uh, chance to communicate and and learn more about your story um but really, I, I, I don't know, I, I sort of, I'm trying to think what people would be interested, what people that, were, that wouldn't know, why should people sort of consider this if they're, if they've never done a cycle tour before, never done sort of an adventure before and sort of done holiday based stuff? Why should they try and do something like this? Uh, I, I guess, I, I think anyone who does this, they'll get something out of it. And I think everyone that does it will have their own unique experience. So I cannot say it will be like this or it'll be like that. But one thing I can say is that if you go cycle touring, every day something unexpected will happen. Something unusual will happen. I mean, if I look at it from the bigger picture point of view, we were planning to go away for one year. You know, it was two years later that we got home um, and you know on a small scale that happens as well you decide you wake up in the morning you decide you're going somewhere yeah it's quite likely you're not going to end up where you thought you were going to end up and something would have happened uh, that would have changed your mind and that it's, it's those unexpected things that kind of make it 
make it magical and every day has got some kind of excitement in store you don't know where you're going to be you don't know where you're going to sleep you don't know who you're going to meet and i know sometimes that kind of thing might sound scary to some people but actually uh you also you also realize that when you're confronted with these kind of uh changes in plan you kind of realize that actually you can deal with this you know you can deal with this and i think um i also think that now i've cycled from vietnam to uh to home yeah what else what else can i what else can i do so it's it's kind of that sort of like mental process of you're you're going through your day to day and <laughs> you're on the on the way to work or something and you know that oh well i've i've done all the way back home from vietnam i'm sure i can deal with this yeah i, mean, I yeah you can i yeah exactly and i think you can apply it to, apply it to anything you know whatever challenges that uh you have in your life whether it's at home or it's at work and you know every there's always there's always some solution to whatever's going on and actually you know sometimes there also isn't but you can deal with it you know you can deal with the adversity so talking about adversity was there any hairy moments during your trips anything that could have been a potential stopping point uh the only well the only stopping point uh was uh, was because potential stopping point was because of the coronavirus actually so we we always planned to to try and arrive in Greece um around christmas time so this was uh 2019 christmas time and we always planned to spend uh two or three months in Greece during the winter because we didn't want to cycle through Europe uh in the crap weather and it was of course um yeah around March we were planning to leave Greece and continue cycling but that's when the lockdown came and at that time i mean i know the beginning of the first lockdown seems like a million years away probably to everyone as well as us but we really didn't know what to do and we were not sure if we should stay stay in Greece we 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 both spoke to our parents and they were kind of worried uh what we should do and they were almost uh, yeah they kind of wanted us to come home and we were pretty close to uh, booking uh, some planes and kind of ending the trip and flying home i mean in the end we decided to stay in athens because um yeah we felt like uh we had some things that we wanted to do there we were working with a we were working with an organization there that uh, helped refugees in athens um and we felt that if we went home we'd just have to stay in our parents houses and yeah do nothing and we thought in athens we would be actually useful so in the end we ended up staying but we were very close to flying home so it's, it's interesting covid is a as a problem for big people i'm i'm glad you sort of made that last little leg i mean as we sort of you know the podcast is coming to a close unfortunately the time runs out as <laughs> as it inevitably does but i mean what what's ne- what's next what have you sort of thought about and are you happy to settle down now do you feel content or do you want to work on some new things uh yeah that's a tricky one because we always had this idea that when we came home we would have to get back to normal life but of course we've come home at a time when uh life isn't normal for anyone uh so for us it's still it's a bit of a strange situation we've come back we're home but we can't 
we haven't been able to sort of get back to the the life that we thought we were going to get back to. Uh, we are going to work, get do some work, try and do a bit of normal stuff, I suppose. But we don't we don't have any plans for any big trips or something like that at the moment. We we do want to do uh, a few things for Cycle for Good. So of course, for the last two years, we've been able to. Uh, use our cycle trip to ask people to donate money to our cause. Uh, but now we're, we're home, of course, so we need to be a bit more creative about ways to encourage people to donate. So we're planning a couple of things. Um, we have to kind of wait a bit for the coronavirus to make a bit more things possible. But we're planning on organizing some cycle trips within the Netherlands so people can get a bit of the experience that we had of cycling and maybe uh, together we can ask uh, them to join us on a cycle trip and they can ask their friends and family to don donate money for the cycling that they're going to do. Um, so that's kind of our plan for now. I think it's a beautiful idea. You're kind of in a, in a small way sharing, sharing your experience of cycle touring. Yeah, that's what we want to do. And we can maybe start in the Netherlands and then who knows what happens next. Because we think that the, you do get a unique experience when you're cycling. And I think it's something that it uh, lots of people would enjoy doing. So, I mean, do you think once people sort of... I, I feel like most of it to begin with is 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 fear, really. Like people are sort of a bit, a bit worried about getting started. But do you think this is something that a lot of people can do? Yeah, I think I. I mean, you're exactly right. A, a lot of a lot of the barriers that people have uh, about doing this kind of thing are in your mind. I know it sounds a little bit cliche to say that, but uh, that's what it is. People are scared to do it because they think they can't. But actually, if you do it, you can. You realize it's not that hard. And we we started off doing cycle tours. Um, well, we've only done two, really, actually. Uh, but we did. We went for a, a trip for the weekend in the Netherlands, and it kind of went from there to a, a three-week trip in Germany, and then we did the trip from Vietnam to home. So, so it it, it ramped up very quickly, and you uh, you end up doing two years. It's obviously you know a wonderful thing and something that I hope to do in future. Um, it's unfortunate that we're into time. I would have liked to squeeze out a few more stories from you. Um, we're we're going to sort of bring the podcast to a close, but I want to give you the chance to give the links for the charity, maybe a link to your website uh, and sort of anything else you want to add for people to listen to at home. Uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you want to look at what we've been doing the last two years and to learn a bit more about the, the cause that we're raising money for, then you can go to cycleforgood.wordpress.com. That's uh, cycleforgood.wordpress.com. And you can uh, you can see what we've been doing. That, that sounds great. It's been absolutely wonderful to chat to you. Uh, maybe at a later date, we could maybe talk a bit more on some more stories. Unfortunately, we've, we've run out of time. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you very much, Josh. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.